before um, Tyler comes up. I just want to let everybody know if you got saved for the first time or for the first time for real today, then come get with us. We'd like to know that because um, we would like to hold a baptism for you if you would like it. Um, we usually try to do that, and it's summertime, so it's a good time to do that. But I don't want to miss that opportunity. If the Lord really moved in your heart, and that's on your heart, and you're like, yeah, I feel like I need to do that, then please get with us, and we'll make that happen. Either get with me or my wife or somebody on the worship team or somebody here who invited you or Brian or, or somebody who, who you might know. Um, that we'll, we'll make that happen for you guys because I think it's very, very important. So praise God. Um, thank you, Jesus. Let's all give him thanks for what he's doing in your hearts. <clears throat> the Lord knows how to move, and um, praise God, like if he uh, would have done this on a Sunday that I was preaching, we wouldn't be out till one o'clock. So um, Tyler, go ahead and come on up, man. Man, God's good. What an awesome morning. Man, thank you, Jesus. I'm just so thankful about you guys, but just thankful for this morning. And, and I feel like everything, notes that I'd written down and things that I had stirring in my heart, it's, God just did, so I don't really know what to do other than um, share with you what, what I have here <clears throat> or what the Lord's put on my heart. Um, if y'all want to turn to, uh, to Mark 10, 17. So the title of my notes is, Does Jesus Have Your Yes? So that's uh, what the Lord was stirring in me. Um, and I'm going to go and read this story about the rich young ruler. And like I said, I just ask, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that you have your way this morning. You already have, and we are just so thankful, and we are so grateful for this morning, and Father, I just ask in Jesus' name, from this point forward, that your name is glorified, and we lift your name up on high, and everything that comes out of my mouth would be a glory to Jesus, and anything that's not from you, that Father, it, will, it won't be heard, and Father, we just thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. God just really been stirring in me in this story, and it's about the rich young ruler. And as I read it this last week, um, I saw something there that I, I just had missed, I guess, apparently, a lot. And the Lord just really started showing me some things. I was reading several chapters here and and as I got to this specific place it just it just really gripped me and I'm just trying to envision um, 
what was going on at this time as the story is being told. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man came running to him, kneeling down in front of him. He cried out, good teacher, what one thing am I required to do to gain eternal life? So I'm just, you know, we've, we've all read the story a lot and been taught it and stuff, but I was just reading this and I was envisioning myself running to the feet of Jesus. I was envisioning myself hungry for him, wanting everything that I can, and I'm pursuing and I'm running after him. And it says he fell on his knees. I mean, so in your mind, what, it, what would it look like if someone ran and came? Would they run and just slightly come to their knees? That's not how I am. <laughs> I'm going to, so I'm envisioning myself running and it's almost like sliding into home plate. I'm like sliding on my knees right into the feet of Jesus. That's just how I've kind of was seeing it in my head. And as we're reading down here, we're going to, you know, we understand that this man was a, was a good, a good man. You know, he, he did all the, the right things. But there was something missing. And so in through reading this, I think, I think this has already been done this morning. That's why I'm like, Lord, what do I do? I'm just going to share with you on my heart here. So in this, in doing this, he, uh, Examine our hearts, Lord. You know, where, where is my heart? Am I truly, it's not about all the, the right moral things am I doing as far as a good husband, a good dad, a good loyal person in the community. But we can't fake to God what we fake to others sometimes. And so he knows us way more than we want to admit sometimes. So in our, in our pursuit of this life, you know, I've heard Chad say this, and I heard Michael Dow say it when he was here, like so many times, how many worship songs have we sung saying, I surrender all, I lay this down, I do all that. And so about a week ago in there in worship, God just crushed me during worship because it was like echoing in me, do you really? I want to be able to commit myself to Christ in such a way that it's not a verbal thing and it's not something I do a specific day or I can say something right to the right person. Um, I know in my walk with the Lord, when I, I grew up in a very godly home, was around good things, but I learned to, when I was 17, I left home, I got dropped off at a job with a week's worth of clothes and a sleeping bag, no phone, no vehicle, nothing, and I saw my parents drive off, and I waved at them, you could you know, for me, that was a, it was, it was a pretty scary place to be in. I was in a new world. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. And as I began to walk in life, I tried to figure some things out, and I got to doing the wrong things. And so I began to un, to know 
what to say to the right people when I was around my parents or I was around, I was at church or whatever. But then when I was in the Southern environment, I, I was this split person. And from a young age, I knew God had, had placed something in me. When I was a kid, I was homeschooled. I would go out. <clears throat> we had this basketball court. I loved playing basketball, and I'd go shoot basketball by myself. And those were my times when I talked to the Lord, and I'd sit down on this basketball court. And all of a sudden, the Lord just started, I just started writing things down, and he just started I started studying scripture like I didn't, I mean, I didn't really understand. I mean, I'm, you know, 13 years old, you know. And I went in one day and I, I started sharing this with my mom and I was just like, just like, you know, everything, I didn't know what, how to explain it. Just my insides were exploding and it wasn't me naturally, you know. And she said, you're going to be a preacher one day. And I was, you know, and so God started doing this as an early age and started putting this hunger on me and I would go certain places and everybody would say, man, you got, the, there, there's a fire in you, you know, and I had all this boiling. Well, then fast forward to 17 years old and I began to sell myself to the world. And I found myself in, the, in my room one night <clears throat> And I felt the presence of the Lord come, and I was, I was done. I was, I was at a place of, of my, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. And I heard the Lord come to me and say, it's either, it's either me or it's hell. You go 100% one way or 100% the other. There's none of this where you're at right now. I quit my job, broke up with this girl I was dating and I went back and I stayed with my parents, which in that moment was humbling for me. You know, we're talking five years later, being on your own for five years, doing your own thing to completely humbling yourself. And there began a process of God walking me with him. And so, so this story just carries a weight in me that uh, I want to truly be everything for Jesus. And I used to want that because I was a man pleaser. I wanted to be approved of. Or Does that make sense to anybody in here? Has anybody done something for the wrong reason before? And another thing Chad said, well, it was just crazy because something I put in my notes is when we truly see him, that other stuff doesn't matter anymore. So when we truly encounter the face of Jesus and we encounter his presence and we encounter this love that pursues us so great, then it's not going to matter the things that we feel like are holding us right now in this world, whether it's a job or success or, you know, I mean, whatever it is for you in your life, it's, it has no weight on you any longer. So as I was reading this, this passage, this story can relate to so many people. We can do the right things. We can have all this hunger, but when we come to this place, if y'all want to follow down here, it says, Jesus responded, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. 
He already knows that the commandments do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give a false testimony, do not cheat, and honor your father and mother. The man said to Jesus, teacher, I've carefully obeyed these laws since my youth. Anybody, I mean, just think about it. If you're at his feet, you're asking him this question. He responds back by this statement, and you're like, man, man, I'm, I'm really good. Like, I don't, I don't have any of this in my life. This part just got me. It says, Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love and said to him. Okay, now I'm envisioning Jesus getting on his knees and grabbing my face and looking at me with the pursuit of love. When he looks in your eyes at that moment, there's no, <laughs> you're looking at, you're looking at Jesus himself. Can y'all just envision this in your mind? Can you think about what this must be like in this moment? Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love and said to him, yet there is still one thing in you lacking. Go and sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Then all of your treasure will be in heaven. After you've done this, come back and walk with me. Completely shocked by Jesus' answer, he turned and walked away very sad, for he was extremely rich. There's a place in our heart. The Lord wants, Jesus wants to own every piece of our heart, every, every area. And I think this story could relate to a lot of people. This isn't just, this relates to me. But I want to throw this question to you guys. I've questioned me, but I want to ask you guys to do this yourself. Does he own every place of your heart? Or is there another lover that's got that? Is there, is there something else that, uh, that you love? And as Chad said this earlier, this is something that just, just some reality hit me this week. As I was in my week is this. When you are on your deathbed, things get real, real, real fast. And when you're looking at certain things, it, certain things that used to matter don't matter. And if Jesus is looking at you and gazing and you're, you've run and you're hungry and say, I want all of you, Jesus. I want to be everything you've called me to be. I follow all these patterns. I just, I just want you. And you run and you slide at the feet of Jesus and you're gazing of, of the man of love. And he says, okay, then do this for me. Where are we going to be in that moment? Each of us have to make this choice. I do. All of us in here has to make this choice. And the thing we have to come to that we think, I think sometimes we think we know this, but 
but I don't think we really do sometimes. When we meet Jesus, Pastor Chad's not going to be holding her hand. When we meet Jesus, it's going to be me and Jesus. It's going to be you and Jesus. We need, is, wouldn't we rather come to this place now than waiting to that moment and think we did all the right things? You know, the, the story way back in the, in the New Testament where he said these ones did all these things and he said, I never knew them. Like that really has gripped me for a long time. Where he talks about raising the dead and healing the sick or the elementary things of the Lord. You know, when, when you, I mean, it, it just, at, at an early place, it really gripped me and it, it made me go, God, what are you saying in this? Not only do we know him, does he know us? You know, in our marriage with our husbands and wives, if you separate the two, you go ask one in one room and one in the other, are they both going to have the same answer? Are they both good? Are you going to be able to ask both of them that, did you, do you know them? And what is the knowing? It's, you know, he explains in scripture, it's a, it's an intimacy that, that nobody knows my wife the way I know her. And there's got to be a place when we have this walk with Jesus, there's, there's this intimacy place that it's, it's, it's a knowing that we have with him and him with us. And it's time for us to quit walking in these shoes of deception, deceiving ourselves that we're okay. I don't want to be deceived anymore. I walked a long time thinking it was comfortable to live in such a place that I had other gods in my life while worshiping him, while reading scripture, while praying. What was my heartbeat about? What was my prayer about? Is my prayer truly to be a lover of Jesus? If that is, Paul talks about living a life of sacrifice. Living, you know, if Jesus lived this because he loves us so much, can I love him so much that I count it gain to give my life for him? Can I count it gain when I feel persecuted and ridiculed? Can I, can I see it as gain to truly lay my life down for him and to love him in such a way? To, to, to be a good husband to my wife, I need to be able to lay me down. I need to lay my wants, what I want, what I want down for my children. Yesterday, we went, <clears throat> our kids have always wanted to do these bumper cars, go-kart things, and I'd, I've never liked doing stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to go do that, you know. And then I get to a place where I'll go do it, and then I'm like, I don't want to be a part of it. Lindsay, y'all can go do it. Lindsay loves that kind of stuff. Just, just have at it. I'll sit here, take a nap, you know. <laughs> and God says... 
I want you to love them by participating with them. And I'm like, man, why? You know? <laughs> so for all their birthdays, we took them yesterday. And then Lindsay told me what it cost. And I'm like, good grief. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I have to pay to get persecuted over here, you know? So... Praise Jesus. So, so I'm learning myself how to be loved to my family. And in the end, <laughs> it was fun. We were driving, and all of a sudden, my go-kart went bam, and Gideon, he thought it was fun. He come ramming from the back end. Didn't know he was there. Had a good headache out of the deal. <laughs> but no, it was, it was truly a blessing when... I can put me aside and love my family. And these are things that I'm having to learn because I, didn't, I wouldn't have ever wanted to admit this, but I've been a pretty selfish person in my life. Has anybody else in here been selfish through their decisions or anything? Well, I want to be at the place where I can run at the feet of Jesus. I can slide into home plate. And I can look up in his eyes. And when he asks me, are you willing, will you give up everything for me and walk with me? I want my answer to be yes to him. And I want to ask you guys in here, is, do you, does he have your yes? Does he have your 100% yes? Are you willing to let go of everything? And sometimes it's letting go of the hurts. It's, let, it's letting go of the past. It's letting go bad and good. Is, it, is he enough for you? Is Jesus enough for you? Because we need him in our lives. And I want him to know me and I want to know him. But not just that, I want to be an effective servant, son. He's called me to be so that when I know him, the love off of him will fall off of me onto someone else. His love through me will draw someone to me. And it's not for them to look at me. It's when they, when their love's drawn to me, we point them to Jesus. So we don't ever want to look at man. We don't ever want that, but, but what we do want is to love so deeply like he did that he points everything to the Father. If we look at the life of Jesus, as I was reading through these passages, you know, you get the disciples arguing who's going to sit next to him. And I, I just seems envisioning Jesus going, oh my gosh, are we are, come on guys, you know. And through, through his walk and the way he lived his life of constantly going and spending time with the Father, constantly turning everything back to him. We look at the story of Lazarus in these, you know, they're, they're walking and they tell him about his friend dying and he waits four days. Are we in a place in such obedience and submission to the Lord in here, that we could do that. 
I want to be who Jesus calls me to be, but I want him to have my yes. If y'all go with me to Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life and must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will for forfeit what you try to keep. So let us be a people of total surrender and follow Jesus with everything, with nothing holding us back anymore. going to ask you guys, is he, is he your everything? And if he's not, and when you ask yourself that, and, and you, there's a place in there that he doesn't own, I want to encourage us that we give him our yes. If he doesn't own a piece of my heart, I want to give him my yes. And I want to ask him for grace and mercy for us to be able to walk this out. If I've wanted to say yes before, then I'll find myself back letting something get a hold of me. Only can we do it through his grace and mercy. I can't love him without him. I can't do anything without him. So <clears throat> this is just something that God's put on my heart and I just... This is what I want to share with you guys this morning. And so as we leave and go forward this week, ask yourself, does he have your yes completely? And I, I mean really be honest with yourself 100%. Does he have your yes in every moment? You know, when, when life gets hard and rough, when, when we have relationships with our wives, with our families, with coworkers, Does he have your yes in that moment? Or are you trying to defend or protect your heart again? Because the best place we can be in is to literally lay our, our hearts down at his feet. Not my will, but your will, Father. How can I in this moment demonstrate your love to this person? Because out of, the, out of the disciples, Jesus knew about Judas. Like, why did he pick Judas? And why is it so much taught through Scripture that we understand this? There, there must be a big reason. There must be a reason it's going to happen in our lives. Everybody's going to be presented at some point with a Judas in your life. And are you going to be able to say yes enough to Jesus? 
even at the cost of what you feel like of protecting yourself and you laying yourself down again, you being kicked again, you being persecuted again, and you doing it all over again. When you see the situation coming and it don't, you know it's not going to be good. You know Judas is walking in. Are you still going to allow him to kiss you? Are you still going to embrace him? Are you still going to say, yes, Jesus, it's, I'm willing to lay myself down for you so that this man or woman will come to know you? Is Jesus enough for you for us to make those be our yeses? If y'all stand with me, I'll pray and we'll be released out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you, Father God, for the many salvations. We thank you for the many yeses that were proclaim this morning. Father, I thank you for these individuals, and I just ask for your grace and mercy as they walk forward in Jesus' name. Father, give them grace to walk this out. Surround them with family, to walk with them, to disciple them. And Father God, that they always feel encouraged and welcome to come ask a question. And that we are truly family here to walk with each other. And we're excited when another brother comes to the Lord and makes that humble, bold, courageous stand and says, I choose Jesus. My answer is yes. And Father God, we just thank you for this body of people. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We thank you that, Father God, that we are choosing yes as a collective body and we're saying yes to you. And we thank you that you're uniting a family together here and you're uniting a family in this city, in this nation, but it starts here. And we're going to say individually, collectively, and by a body, communally, yes to Jesus. Father, we bless you and we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.